Hey guys, it's Sean and Lenny here from Out of the Rough. Today we're going to kind of just have a little kind of look around, look at some of these players here for the upcoming Masters tournament this week. See what the field's looking like, what our DFS pricing is looking like for these guys. Um, so Sean, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the Masters coming up? Oh, Lenny, I'm doing great. Um, I'm, I'm just loving this week. Um, great time for me. I've been to the Masters before, so it's exciting to know like what it's like, um, how green it is, and to see what it's all about. Um, but it's it's anybody's fan if you're it's 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 your week if you're a golf fan. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I I guess I could just say that I'm excited. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I've never been to Augusta National. Seen it on TV. Everyone knows it looks pristine from tv it's it's kind of crazy because everyone knows augusta national and knows the masters but yet it's like the most private club in the world so it's kind of ironic if you think about um but looking at <clears throat> the upcoming masters tournament right it's at augusta national it's the only major tournament that's at the same location year after year which is kind of good kind of bad for us because we can see a lot of course history with guys and how they play from year to year in this tournament um but one of the kind of key things that you know just an outlook here of what i'm thinking of when it's going to be coming down to me picking guys is the tournament this spring i think is going to be a lot different than november not significantly different but in november the weather was kind of crappy a lot of rain the fairways the greens were fairly soft for people um a little bit different than i think in the spring where we're gonna see some quick and fast greens very hard it's gonna be difficult to get balls to stop on these greens so you're gonna have to have a good game around the green good approach and be good at putting um and i think it's gonna affect it a little more than we saw in november All right this is just kind of my hunch and my take on it and no, so we'll a, see what a, happens. yeah it's a good point because you know you can like you said you can look year after year at the at the scores and see how everyone's done but last year's not to say that you know the guys that did well last year won't do well this spring but um it is an interesting difference of how the course might interact with that or how it might make a difference. Yeah. I'm sure people have heard about the sub air systems that they have at Augusta under the greens and under the fairways. And if you don't know, these are almost like vacuum systems that they have under the fairways and greens where they can control the conditions fairly well here, kind of make them, flip over overnight almost essentially um and so i think that they will definitely be having these in use because i don't think they want dustin johnson putting up another 20 under uh tournament on us and kind of not embarrassing the tournament but the form that dj was in last year he i think he's kind of putting up a 20 under on most courses yeah, I don't think they were very happy about that score, though. Um, it's not supposed to be one that you put a lot of red numbers on. Um, so I'm sure that they're going to do whatever they can to make those make it a little bit more difficult this year, more entertaining. Yeah, certainly. 
speaking of which, DJ comes in at our highest priced player this week and at eleven five on DraftKings. And then we have John Rahm at eleven thousand. So those are the only two guys above eleven thousand. Do you think you're gonna be playing either of them, Sean? Um, I don't think so, to be honest with you. Um I, I think they're worth the money if you're if you're going to play them. Obviously, you know Dustin Johnson's playing extremely well. He won last year, um, and can always bring that fire to it. And then you got Rom, but um, Rom's been playing crazy. Um, but you know, congratulations to him who just had a baby. But you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing for him if it's going to motivate him to win it or not. Um, but I don't. I don't think that they're going to find a way in, into my lineup. No, um, I don't. Are you? I, I most certainly will be playing John Brown. I can tell you that much. I, I've kind of just made a bet with myself that I'm playing John Rahm at every major tournament until he wins one. I mean, he's not 100% owned in all my lineups. I will have quite a few lineups that I end up playing, but he'll, he'll certainly be making the cut in my roster. That, that's the thing, though. He's kind of a, a mystery, right? He has the baby on Sunday, was it? You don't know kind of where his mind is at, what he's thinking about at this time. You know, is it a sign of relief? Or is he now kind of just going to be thinking about, man, I wish I was home, wish I got to be spending time with my wife and the baby, you know? I'm, I, I don't care. I'm playing it. It would be pretty cool. It would, it would be pretty cool if you won it right after having a baby too. Um, that would be uh, be quite the week for the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Father in a green jacket. What a what a week. <laughs> yeah, you you almost can't beat that. I mean, no. if he wins a lottery, maybe he wins a Powerball. Well, that... I think if I think if he wins, yeah, if he wins the Masters, it's still the lottery too. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about these guys below him? What do you think about Bryson? Do you think it's going to be another par, what was it, par 67 he called Augusta? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was a mistake, and I think he learned his lesson pretty quick. Um, I mean, you don't you don't go out and call that course anything, I don't think. Um, but he, he knows his craft. He knows what he wants to do. Um, so he's confident in himself, I guess. It's a good thing. Um I think he's 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 got a good amount of of worth in that money, um, but I myself I'm not going to be picking him. Um, he, he's just he's just not the guy that I I think is going to be anything around there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to own too much of Bryson this week. I mean, I I love the confidence. I kind of love the show that he puts on because I I think it is good for golf. Like I. I think getting that attention, kind of like having players that are marketable like that is really good for the game. I just don't know. Like, he doesn't have great course history here. I think his best finish is like a 21st when he was an amateur. Like, I, it's almost like I'm betting with the karma that, like, you make fun of Augusta National. Like, you're almost cursed here. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. see myself getting getting too many uh, lineups with Bryson in it. No, yeah, I, I think I think you talk shade about this place, and it definitely places shade on you. So, 
Uh, hopefully he proves us wrong, though. It would be interesting to see him put up some more some more numbers um, and see if, if his, his science works to get that green jacket. Turn the white coat yeah. in the science lab to the green jacket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The man is a monster, though. Yeah, he is the ball a mile. But I would say this next guy coming up, he's tiny, um, but compared to some of these guys, but he is the ball a mile, too. I And I'm huge on him. Um, he's in my lineup for sure, and that's Justin Thomas. Um, I think the players um, definitely has put in a huge confidence boost to him. That, that was a huge tournament the last two days at the players. I think he's been hitting the ball extremely well, and I, I know he's had some life events this year that have kind of put some motivation behind him, and I think he's at that right step to pursue this. So I'm definitely playing JT. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy that, is gonna. He might have some struggles on the course, like he's shown in recent history with some of the majors. But I really think that he he's gonna. He might be a dark horse to win it. Uh, I I just I really like him this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I'm you kind of torn. <laughs> he yes, he hits the ball well. Great ball striker. Great off the tee. And I think. Last tournament, like he, everyone knows when Tiger won it, like was the year that he was just striping the ball. It's just he just struggled to putt and couldn't make a putt the entire week. And it's almost like, kind of, what kind of JT is going to show up? Because we know like he can win tournaments and he can win big tournaments, but at the same time, he has two missed cuts. And like you said, he's had a lot of off the course kind of issues going on um i i wouldn't be surprised if i had him in a couple lineups that i end up playing you know maybe i fade those top three guys and start my lineups with him um i i could easily convince myself for him and against him i think yeah, I think he's he's a tough. He's he's definitely worth the money if you're going to play him. And he he had a fourth in November, so uh, you know it, he has had some bad places. But you know, 66 on the first day last year, I think was one of the lowest rounds behind Dustin Johnson, who shot a 65. So you know that's that's not yeah. a bad round. Um, you know, it, it'd be worthwhile to see what he can make with it. Yeah, he's I'm playing him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. If anyone tells me they're kind of starting their lineups with him or they're going to try to combo him with another 10, 11K guy, like, I can't argue. Like, I don't have a good enough argument against it, I guess I should say. But at the same time, I don't know if I can convince myself enough for it. We'll see. We'll see. My mind's going to flip-flop back and forth probably the rest of the week on him. We'll see kind of how, how the weather is. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Oh, a guy I know that I'm pretty sure you're a fan of Rory. What do you think about him coming up? <laughs> it's it's very interesting. I I do like Rory. Uh, I do a lot. He's he's somebody obviously a big name. Knows how to play the course. Um, not necessarily the the course in a sense, but has been around to know how to how to play a course. Uh, last year. He had in November. He had a pretty bad start. Shot a seventy-five, but after that, he had three pretty good rounds in sub 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 seventy, uh, sixty-six, a sixty-seven, and a sixty-nine. I know he really wants this jacket. I know he really needs it. 
I, I know it's it's right in front of him too. Uh, so I, I I don't know if I would put him in my lineup, um, but I I do think that he's really a, a toy for me because I, personally I do like him. Uh, but it's I, I think for for me there's other money that I could play out there. But I, I do hope he does well. Yeah, he. I don't know. For me, he's a tough guy to root against. I think he's another one of those guys where the game's better when Rory's on top of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I, I understand why he's trying to chase Bryson for the distance, but at the same time, it's like, Rory, you're a top five driver of the ball on the PGA Tour. Like, you have won countless tournaments with your drive. Like, I don't know if it's necessary that he's trying to chase all this distance, which he said is kind of thrown off his swing. I think gotten in his head a bit. And that's the one thing that concerns me is, is this drive and the swing where he's trying to chase Bryson for distance going to be playing? Or is Rory kind of settled down a little bit, going to play kind of his stock shot, which is still an absolute bomb? Yeah. Kinda, you know, like, uh, I, I think I probably will own more of him than I will of, like, JT and Shoffley because I think JT and Xander will have more ownership, and I'm going to play that kind of the, the low ownership game of maybe a little bit this week. So I can, I can see myself owning some Rory stock. Yeah, I think, I think that's, a, that's a good point of, of where the other plays may be with the same doubt in your head of how he played a couple weeks ago when I picked him, he didn't do so hot. So, and then you looked at the match play and how that worked out for him. So, uh, it, it's interesting. You said he's trying to compete against Bryson back when he was competing against the machine, he was hitting balls in the laundry machine. So I don't know why he's not going back to that. Cause it seems, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's that used to be, you know, that was the top of his game. So I think Bryson might be a robot the way he's playing and trying to perfect things, but, he, he should go back to actually hitting into washing machines. It might might work for him. It's like a young Sid the Kid. Yeah, and then we have... I'm going to list off a couple names. You tell me if you want to talk about them. We have Xander, Patrick Cantlay, and Colin Morikawa. All guys who I think have probably around the same chance to be, you know, top five a winner here. I think these are guys where it's like I personally might be looking at these guys putting like top five, top ten bets on them more than I think I'm going to be picking outright winners on. I mean, do you have anything you want to kind of talk about any of these guys specifically? I don't have anything specifically on these three. I, to be honest, I made a couple of lineups earlier today, and I didn't pick any of them in there. I, I, I didn't. I don't think that. They're going to be bad plays if you were to pick any of them. Uh, they've all been playing really well. I, I mean, Morikawa has been like the new name on tour. He's been playing extremely hot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he played like he has been playing in some of those tournaments. Shoffley's kind of the same way. Uh, but and other than that, I don't really have too much to add to them. Like I said, they're, they're the kind of guys I, I didn't look over them, but I just had other people in mind that I was interested in. Yeah, I think this is kind of kind of a bit of a dead zone. And I'm not saying that these guys are bad. I, you could include probably Reed and Fino maybe in this for me, this 9,000 range. It's kind of because I'm 
pr- I think I am going to stick to a little little bit of like trying to get maybe two guys above that 10k range and then so because of that I'm kind of skipping this 9k range altogether I'm sure I'll have lineups where I probably end up playing one or two of them in it but I think for the most part it's kind of this range I'm afraid of the ownership percentage a little bit of all of these guys in this whole 9k range in general that they're all popular names they're all playing good golf that I think that they're just going to be so common that I'm going to try to be creating a unique lineup, especially in these, you know, like the, the millionaire makers and stuff that I'm trying to stay away from some of the guys that I think are going to be super high owned. Yeah. I, 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 I don't have a lot of people in that nine to 10 range either. I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said, I didn't look at Jordan speed. I mean, the guys have been playing like crazy, mm-hmm. um, like just one last week, but um, did you see his his betting odds? I, they saw something today that it was like it went up, like it's one of the most fast rising uh, ranks in the last two months or something. I haven't checked back in after the win. I'm gonna pull him up right now. But I think I mean talking about speed though. I think it's almost stupid if you're gonna ignore him completely. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> On the site here that I'm on, it's got him basically second best odds tied with Bryson. So he's got better odds right now. It's at um, plus 11.50. He's got better odds than Rom, JT, Rory, Cantley, Shoffley, Kepka, Morikawa. I mean, a little bit off topic here, but Morikawa is at plus 31.50. I know I just said that I might not be picking him to win, but now that I've just seen that number, I'm very much reconsidering my take on that. Well, your betting take. Yeah, yeah. I probably won't be having him too much in DFS. Um, even though, that, though I think that, like, Mark Howe is a great golfer. Like, never going to deny that. I think that thirty-one fifty odd. I think is something that I might have to jump on. For who we got? Yeah, Spieth though, like you said, playing unbelievably. Win last week. Another guy kind of in here is Brooks Kepka. What about? Are you concerned at all with the knee? I I don't have him at all. I because I, I, I just don't know. You know, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play in a little while. You don't know what the game looks like. You know who he is. You know the the game that he can bring. Obviously, he shoots the lights out when he wants to. I just I, if if it's any sort of bothering, I feel like this tournament. You know, everybody's coming to win this tournament. Nobody wants to come in second. Obviously, nobody wants to come in second in any tournament, but. This is the tournament every single year. So if you're not at 100%, I don't know if you're going to be able to stick with some of these people that are. So for that reason, I'm just going to stay away from him. Just I don't know much about the injury, though. Do you? Uh, so, I mean, PGA guys don't give a whole lot of information out. And I am a fan of the... They don't have to. Like, it's personal information. They don't have to tell us anything. When they do, it's great because we as betters kind of have a good insight of what's going on. For Brooks, though, right, so he had the patella dislocation. So he dislocated his kneecap. 
I don't know specifically the surgery, the exact thing he had. I've heard, I don't know if it came from Brooks or rumor. I can't remember off the top of my head that he had the ligament reattachment and then just kind of went in there and cleaned it out. And some, some sites were saying he'd be out six to eight months. The thing is, if so, the ligament is a ligament that basically helps kind of control your kneecaps movement and attaches it to your, to your leg, essentially put it in simple terms. If it was just like a simple repair and they just kind of had to stitch it back together, it's not a super significant thing. And it's been a month. Are we? Yeah, we're looking at a month. For a month, yeah, I would say he's probably returning too soon. But at the same time, I'm not the one that's seeing him every day. I'm not the one that's there on the table with him. I don't know what exactly, you know, he's going through, how much damage there was, how much they had to do. If it was a complete reconstruction where they had to get a graph and actually go about that route and it wasn't just a repair, then we're talking maybe six to eight months. That's much more serious and significant. If it's just a simple repair, I mean, I wouldn't be... Like, I wouldn't be blown away to see Brooks Kepa play well and do well. I'm just worried about a little bit of the mental state as to kind of what is his knee going to feel like? Is he going to have any feelings of a given away of dislocating it all? Um, and does that begin to affect his swing? But, I mean, as for, you know, the details of it, like I said, a lot of people think that we should know every single detail about their lives. If we're betting on them, if we're putting our money on them, we need to know everything. And I'm in the opposite realm of that. Even though I am betting, putting my money on guys, I was just like, that's this personal life. Like, that's things that he doesn't have to tell us. And I don't think he should tell us, but I don't know. That's kind of my little rant about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that adds to, you know, maybe some of your ownership takes it away. Um, so, I mean, one, have a little bit of concern, but don't be too concerned. You know, a repair you could probably get back in two months. He's kind of cut that in half, though. So, we'll see, though. I'm not his doctor. I can tell you exactly what's going on. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's still Brooks Kepka. So, if if he's coming to play a golf yeah. tournament, he's still a hot chance. So that, That's the thing, though. It's... It's Brooks Kepka and it's a major. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. You know, it's I, yeah, I. It's it's almost scary not to bet on Brooks Kepka at a major. I think, and because of that, I probably will. Right, he's just. I mean, he's so good at golf. One, right. Two, I think he's kind of just one of those people who really, it's like he doesn't care what anyone else is doing. Like he's going to go out there and try to destroy the course and every other competitor. Yeah. But it's kind of why some people love him, some people hate him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely good at golf. After Brooks, we've got some guys. We got Tony Finau at 9,100. Webb at 9,000, Terrell Hatton at 8,9, Westwood at 8,8. Eight, eight. Some interesting names in kind of that four-man range there. You you looking at any of those guys specifically at all, Sean, or have anything about them? 
I think Tony Fina was a hot name. Obviously, you mentioned that earlier. He, he's somebody that can play these big tournaments and, and always seems to do well enough to be on the top of the leaderboard. He's he's kind of low, in my opinion, for the the ranking of money for how like for his name. I, I think you know that he's kind of it was surprising to see the nine one listed next to him. So with that low of a ranking, I think you know it could be worth it. But like you mentioned, I think a lot of people might notice that too, and maybe place him in there. I think Lee Westwood is somebody who's been playing very good. You know, the last couple of tournaments at the Players, you know, he, he lost just a little bit to to Justin Thomas there, but you know, he's definitely a guy that shows up to those those tournaments. I think he was a little tired when you see him the last couple of weeks, and you could see him now playing a, a really well at the major. So I think out of those guys, Westwood and Finau might be the two that I'm looking at. Um, but for, for me personally, I, I don't know if any of those guys would make it into the lineup for me. Yeah, I I love Tony Finau. It's kind of like, he's almost like the lovable loser. Like now that now that Spieth has won, like it's it's Tony's, Tony's turn, right? I mean, what, Spieth went, since 2017 at the Open, finally got his win last week. I think Tony's gone about the same length of time. Time for Tony to get back into the uh, to the winner's circle here. I am I'm gonna own some of Tony Fino. It's part of it is though is I want to be holding that Tony Fino ticket like I had Tony when he won. So I'll have Tony. Probably won't have too much of Webb. I think Webb's got a good game. I just, I don't know. He's kind of another guy who it's, I I would rather play Tony over Webb, I think. And then, you know, Hatton and Westwood, kind of a mixed bag. Like you said, though, Westwood playing good. I mean, you, you almost... That's another like really good story. That was Westwood. He kind of fell off a little bit, and then the past years playing well. Was he back to back second place finishes? Lost to Sergio on that walk off hole and one. I mean, that's another it's another feel good story if he wins it. So I guess if you, if you're kind of a fan of some some of the drama, it might be a good place to target some guys. Miracles can happen in Augusta. You know, it's a special place. <laughs> That is true. And then next we have some of the some of the young guys. Victor Hovland at eight seven, Sung J M at eight six, Daniel Berger at eight five, Scotty Scheffler at eight four. Any interest in that kind of range, Sean? I've heard a lot on Berger. You know, I, I think a lot of a lot of people have been big on him. I know we've mentioned his name a few times in previous podcasts, people that we thought he would do well. You know, he, he did pull out of the Honda. Maybe that was a little bit of preparation for this. That you know, he, it is such a big, big event. I, I think Berger, out of anybody, might be the person I'm looking at. I think Scotty Scheffler is a great play too. You know, he had he had the, the the results that he did at the match play. So, with that being said, big stage kind of on there with some of the names that he had to play against. He might be feeling the same way at Augusta. Um, those two are the two that I would think of. Hovland is somebody that you know I, I filters in my head. I he, he I always seem to see his name listed around the top, and he's just somebody that interests me. 
I just think if I'm going to go with somebody from this range, I'd rather stay at the lower end just based off of, you know, the hot streak that those guys have been on. It's kind of funny because I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> Out of these four guys, I would rather play Hovland or Sungjae. One is I, I am a Hovland, Hovland fan. I like playing him a lot, like watching him play. Sungjae has been like a, you know, a 25 to 15 machine this year. I don't know his placements off the top of my head, but I just feel like Sungjae every week. You know, he's not in the final pairing but but he's always given himself a chance. Where Berger and Scheffler, I can't really like complain about him or say anything bad about him. I think I think the the floor for Hovland and him might be a little bit better better than Berger and Scheffler. I don't know. I this is another thing where we don't know too much about the rib injury for Berger. He looked good at the match play and played well. So I'm assuming that it's fine. Scotty has played a lot of golf lately. You know, seven rounds in the match play. Played four rounds last week. Wasn't fantastic last week. So I don't know. I think, yeah, you could go kind of any of these guys. I can't complain with your picks, though. Well, I mean, Sung J.M. is also, you know, he came in tied for second last year. So That's true. He he had a good pass there with just playing there a few months ago. Uh, he's in somebody who also matched that earlier number of Justin Thomas to the 66 in the first round. Um, so you so he can definitely shoot the lights at it if he if he wants to. So you, I mean, that's why we're different, LJ. That's uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good. It's good that we're not on the same guys. If we're on the same guys. We might get the ownership too high on our own selves. That's very true. We don't want to be playing against each other now. <laughs> I will say though that Matsuyama is coming up soon um, and Cameron Smith those two are, are guys that I've been looking at trying to filter into my lineup somehow For some reason Matsuyama just comes to me I don't know if that's the first person that I saw when I walked into Augusta on the tee box and that's why he just like sticks in my head but I feel like I haven't heard about him a lot lately um, and I, I want to see him get back up there. I think he's somebody who can who can definitely play well when he wants to. Um, but Cameron Smith is really the person here that I, I – I mean, he came in tied for second last year too with Sun Graham. I think he's been playing pretty well this year. Um, I, I think he's more than likely going to be in a, a couple of my lineups just to see how he can filter in there. Uh, I, I think he's also somebody I might look at in, in, in the singular betting odds too. Uh, somebody who's kind of hidden in the middle there that you may not necessarily think if he gets lost in the weeds. Not sure if you share the same opinion or not, but well, I guess I'll see. No, I do agree. I do like this kind of run of three guys with Hideki, Cam Smith, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, it, I can see myself owning a good kind of chunk and all three of these guys here. I like Hideki. He's kind of just, I don't want to say he's been mediocre, but he's kind of been mediocre lately. Where, <laughs> you know, he he isn't, you know, he's such a good ball striker um, that on a course like Augusta, he has decent history. If he, you know, plays 
good Hideki golf, you know, he'll have a chance to contend. And the same with Cam Smith and Matt Fitzpatrick. That I don't think any of these guys are guys that blow you out of the water. But then when you see them in the top 10, you're like, of course, you know, like, why didn't I play him? And I feel like that's how what always happens to me with these three guys is you were never like specifically targeting them, but they're always kind of, you see them on the leaderboards and you're like, of course, especially with Cam Smith and Fitzpatrick this year alone, those two guys have been playing excellent golf. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd, I wouldn't mind putting these guys in there. And especially if you're going to be playing those, you know, those top rated guys, you know, if you're, if you're hitting the, the top tens, you know, trying to fit those two guys in there, these guys might be a good place to try to loosen up the, up the middle, just, you know, hit the two top and find someone in here. I, I think, you know, they've been really hot. Tommy Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia, those guys have been playing pretty well too. Uh, you know, I know that Garcia hit that, that hole in one that was pretty nice. Same thing with Tommy Fleetwood, actually, same hole. Um, yeah. Crazy, right? Um, so, I mean, obviously they can light a fire if they need to. I, I think those guys... You know, I think they thrive off of that match play. You know, Tommy Fleetwood has a history of the Ryder Cup and and, and playing well there. Um, I think I don't even know if that's a stat or not. I shouldn't say that. Um, but you know, Garcia, I think is somebody that I like. You know, I, I think he he plays well at, there. He's coming in at seven nine, so I think it's worth the the look at least. Um, but I, I out of those two guys listing him, I, I would say Sergio is probably the the one that I would go with, but they're both interesting guys in my mind. Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood does have that Ryder's Cup experience. He played pretty well as well, so so don't worry, you're not wrong. Right. This, <laughs> this range, though, of 7.9 to 7,000, part of me looks at this and says, like, I could build an entire lineup between seven nine and seven thousand and have an excellent lineup. Like I could leave two thousand on the table and have something like, you know, a Paul Casey, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Abe Answer, Joaquin Neiman, and right, all of those guys are between what was that, seven seven and seven four. And if all of those guys showed up in, you know, top twenty. You wouldn't be surprised one bit, I don't think. Maybe, like, you know, Jason Day's had a little bit of a, a rough stretch. He isn't playing outstanding, but, like, Jason Day has played fairly well at Augusta. You know, he has the major tournament experience. And Paul Casey playing great. I just feel like there's this range is such a good range to target, in my opinion. Really, that 7-9, seven, 7-4 seven, you could even bump down to Will Zalatoris at 7-3. I think I might just do it. I might do it and kind of see what happens if I just play a whole lineup in this range. You know, you. I think it would be an interesting one. You have Watson, who's won it before. Scott, I, I'm not surprised that you said Joaquin Neiman. Um, that's what I laughed. <laughs> I'm not shocked at all. Um, so... You know, I, I think I think there are a lot of interesting guys that, that in that range that could play, and I'm surprised that those names are so low. You know, you you have you have a lot of names out there that that's just surprising to me. I, I even look down the list even further. Molinari is somebody that has a great history here. I feel like he he comes to a lot alive here 
and plays coming in at 7,000. He could easily fit down there in that lineup. Um, Billy yeah. Porschel, too, 72. You know, he just won the match play. Might be coming off of a big high off of that and having adrenaline rush coming in. I think this that range is very interesting, and it does help out the the idea of getting in some higher guys into your lineup. Yeah. It, if you even there is a there's a lot of good value down here. And it's part of just kind of being the Masters tournament and having the smaller field. You know, we have 88 guys in the field this week. So somebody has to be priced in that 7,000 range. And so it is going to be finding, you know, who in this lower kind of tier range are the guys that, you know, that the DraftKings at the FanDuel's got wrong. Who did they kind of misplace their value in? You know, who should be higher and kind of capitalizing on that. I wouldn't count out someone like Matt Wolf, though. You know, mm-hmm. a guy that can bomb the ball. Right? He's he's kind of up there with the Bryson, except for he's not someone whose name's, you know, plastered all over the place with someone who bombs it. Saint, Cam Champ is another guy down at 6'6". Six, six. If you're building a lineup kind of focusing on, you know, driving distance and off the tee, you have two guys down here with Wolf and Cam Champ who you should certainly consider. Yeah, I, I think I think Wolf is somebody that's interesting too. You know how he's crafted his own way, kind of like Bryson, kind of like the other guys who've kind of created golf. And and I think he's he's somebody that's listed low for me too, um, or I should say high, but in the low books for this. I think it's interesting as well. You see Matt Kuchar down there. Um, even Ian Poulter listed at the high six eights, um, you know, like I think those guys could bring, definitely bring something to the table if they wanted to. You could you both you can see them come alive how they played before, um, and definitely you know it might be a dark horse in a sense. But Phil Nicholson's down there. Um, he's got he's got how many of these jackets? Uh, but you know I I I think he you know coming in he'd be what I think he'd be one of the oldest winners if he won it this year or if you want to at this point now in his career. Uh, so that would yeah, be pretty interesting. So. Yeah. Poulter's a guy that I just can't get right. When I bet <laughs> on him, he misses the cut. When I don't, it's that time where, he, you know, you see him at the top of the leaderboard, and it's just like um, he's kind of someone that I just stay away from because I, I just can't get it right. I can never figure it out with him. But it's a, it's a Ryder Cup year. You know, Poulter's just – itching to play some more match play you know i feel like the guy lives for it kind of just seeing how he was playing in that um but yeah phil phil would be another great story you know get his fourth master's championship i i don't know who else kevin nah kevin nah would be another great story after him and dj kind of had the little argument whatever you want to call it with dj picking up his ball too early and and kind of them being a little chippy towards each other the rest of the round and not ending up winning that match and knocking dj out of the tournament could you imagine if kevin now wins this this week dj's the one that has to put the jacket on him <laughs> yeah they're, they're, i'm sure dustin johnson's gonna play it off like it's nothing but it's gonna probably bug him a little bit but uh, if kevin uh, does win that he should walk the 18th putt in you know just confident and take it <laughs> in however it is <laughs> uh yeah you know you know he's walking everything in 
which it's <laughs> it's one of those another thing where it's like I can understand why people hate it, but I kind of I, I kind of like Kevin. Not. I love the kind of uniqueness about him. Him running after putts to try to grab them before they hit the bottom of the hole. But I, I think that would just be another one of those top stories that could happen if Kevin not wins this, just to see him and DJ. Yeah. yeah. Zach Johnson, somebody too, that I look at and think of his previous history here. I know we were all pretty high on him last week and he was Mr. Consistent until last week. Uh, but I don't think that that would really make a difference for him this week. I, I just think that winning it here before would probably light a little bit of fire under my butt to try to come back and, and defend it again. So uh, he's, yeah. somebody, he's somebody too that's just interesting on why he's so low. I, I think, you know, he, if the weather is bad, it gets super windy, right? You need someone who can kind of play in the wind, get the ball in the fairway, get down to the middle of the green, right, and not be stuck kind of scrambling and just having terrible approaches and awkward chips onto the green. Like, he's a guy who can kind of excel in those situations a little bit. You know, so it's one of those things where I don't have the weather forecast pulled up right now. And, it, if the weather turns nasty, it looks like it's going to get really bad and super windy and stuff. You know, he's a guy that I would consider down here at six three. But me personally, I don't see myself going below going below maybe maybe six five at Ryan Palmer. I think that's kind of where I'm hoping. Not necessarily hoping, but probably like the lowest that I see myself playing someone. Yeah, I don't think that there's a lot of guys that are listed down at the bottom of the the list here that I would go after either. Even if there were just filler names or trying to get higher people in there, I don't know if I would really try to try to do any of that. I think a lot of the guys that we're going to see win this thing or place high are going to be the people that we, we kind of expect. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the Masters. You, th- you know that people are, go- are going to come to this place to play. So it's it's going to be some of those top guns that are going. There are going to be, obviously, those surprise ones that, that we don't get right, that DraftKings doesn't get right, that no one does. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of big names on the top of the leaderboard, and I think it's going to be an interesting week to see them compete against each other. Yeah, certainly. But you do have a bunch of the older guys down here that, you know, like Bernhard Longer, you know, Larry Mize, Sandy Lyle. I'm not sure if all of these guys are even still playing, but if it's kind of one of those things where if you're somebody who was a huge fan of one of these guys or, you know, your dad, your grandfather, whoever was a huge fan of these guys, uh, for the kind of kind of the memories play, you know, I don't mind you having fun with your lineups and picking one of these guys because at the end of the day, it's all about having fun for us, you know, making some money, doing well in tournaments obviously makes it even more fun. But like I was saying, like I'm big on Rom, big on Fino, big on Neiman, 
you know, I'm big on guys that I like and I enjoy watching. And I will certainly, you know, I'm probably going to make a lineup of all 7K guys. Have fun with that. Make a lineup of just guys that I enjoy and that might not be playing well, might not be playing great. But it's like these are kind of my my ride or die guys that I'm I'm going to throw into a lineup. So it'll be an exciting week. It's the Masters. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't mention Patrick Reed, though. You know, he did go to school in Augusta, so he's kind of the homer there. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just shocked that you didn't say anything about that guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I, mean, it, I mean, he's surrounded by Spieth and Kepka. There's too many headlines that we had to talk about there. <laughs> That's very <laughs> true. But, yeah, true. Reed, I think we did kind of skip over Reed, though. Yeah, went to school in Georgia and Augusta, so he doubled up. Not necessarily yeah. kind of how he expected his college to go, ending up at Augusta, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, he's somebody played well here at Augusta. He's a, he's a bit of a grinder, good around the greens. Wouldn't be surprised to see him up there at the top by the end of the week. Yeah. Are you excited for anything else about the Masters? I know, like, the 16th tee on the practice round is pretty fun. People try to get the hole-in-one. Oh, yeah. That's that's always kind of cool to see and see happen. Um, you know, there was a, a guy in the November tournament, I think, that, that kind of skipped one off the water and got a hole-in-one. Uh, I think his name was uh, John Rahm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting way that you get to plug his name back in. I like it. Um, but, but, yeah, it's a, it's it's quite the quite the green, the slope. It's interesting how it plays into it. So, I mean, that's also where Tiger had that incredible putt, or chip, I should say. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting hole. I obviously, you have Amen Corner, too. You know, that, that's the tight par threes and the, and the par five there. It's going to be interesting to see how everybody manages that with the whipping winds that are in there, but... I mean, I just can't get enough about this course, man. It's, I'm excited for this week. I know it is. It's definitely up there. One of my favorite tournaments of the year uh, might be number one. I mean, all of the majors are so much fun and enjoyable. It's, you know, we have so many. It's just like the storylines, the history, especially at Augusta. You know, the plays here every year. There's just so much history at the course. Um, but yeah, Amen Corner. I think you know, guys that start on the the back nine, you know, maybe in the first round that don't have a great Amen Corner. I might be trying to look at some live bets on them because you know it's not an easy section of the golf course, and so you know maybe a guy that goes through there maybe two over or something might try to see if if his lines changing or jumping around might try to try to sneak away some points there where, you know, he's going to be making it up on the rest of the course. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it'll be interesting to see how those, how those holes make an impact to the, to the leaders. Uh, it, it, it is quite the, quite the stretch and quite the difficult one that is. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a fun time. I, I'm excited to, to not really pay attention to what I need to do for my responsibilities this week and just sit on the couch and watch this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, Amen Corner, though, it is a, 
a great little kind of turn there, unless you're Jordan Spieth. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's new, new year, new Jordan. Um, of course. But yeah, a lot of great stories that we have coming up here. You have anything else to add, Sean? No, no. I, I think we, other than my my obvious excitement that I've mentioned a few times, I'm just you know it, it's it's a week for golf, and I'm just loving it all. Yeah, same here. So hopefully everyone's betting cards is green as the jackets that they're handing out at the end of the week. This has been Sean and Lenny here, out of the rough. You you can follow us on our social medias at out of the rough WK on Twitter. And what are we on Instagram, Sean? The same. Yeah, out of the rough WK. All right. So there we go. We will have another show coming in the week. Uh, where we'll have Nate back on. We'll kind of go through our normal show, talk about, you know, a little bit more in depth of who we like, what our lineups might be looking like, a little more about the course and everything that, you know, you know and love. But like we said, that's all, folks.